This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Another great college football weekend has come and gone as week four is in the books. Welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels. We're talking high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners of the show, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. Remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 on game day at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're always posting throughout the day uh, our instant reaction to what's going on in the college football landscape in regards to which prospects are standing out. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Brandon Pastel and Kenny Keller. Guys, good morning, and it wasn't week four great. Fantastic. I was... Um... It was it was it was definitely kind of exa- borderline exhausting because I'm not used to the I ha- we haven't we haven't had these many games in a while you know with the SEC starting back up this week and it was awesome it was just it was a lot of games to follow and I loved it and, that, and that's just it like I was it was fun watching Central Arkansas and Arkansas State for the first few weeks but I felt like, finally felt like college football was officially back with the SEC and a few more conferences announcing that they're going to be coming back in the next few weeks it felt like a normal Saturday for once yeah. It, it, it did, for sure. And for all of our listeners out there, I just want to kind of introduce what this show is. We're going to be releasing a show every Sunday uh, right after the Saturday that was in college football to kind of give our instant reaction to what what happened out there. Previously, we'd been releasing one big show a week where we'd recap the previous week and we would preview the upcoming week. Well, we're just going to rip those into two different shows. Makes it a lot more fun for us as well as, you know, we're able to kind of be on the instant reaction of what happened in college football the day after it happened. So you guys get more great college football and prospect mm-hmm. content from us. So, guys, I'm going to list off some some notable scores, things that happened yesterday. Uh, we had Cincinnati beat Army. That was kind of a sexy pick for people. People thought that Army would be able to go and, and beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati beats them 24-10. K-State 
upsets Oklahoma in Norman, uh, 38-35. Florida takes care of Ole Miss, 55 – sorry, 51-35, even though Ole Miss really kind of squandered some opportunities and could have made that a game and possibly upset Florida. Auburn beats Kentucky. I'm going to get into that one later, 29-13. Pittsburgh uh, takes care of Louisville, uh, 23-20. Iowa State beats TCU, 37-34. Oklahoma State takes care of West Virginia, 27-13. Miami just lays the hammer on Florida State. Uh, Another disappointing performance for the Knowles, 52-10. Missouri uh, gets squashed by Alabama, 38-19, and rounding out Virginia Tech defeats North Carolina State, 45-24. Fellas, instant thoughts, what games really stood out to you yesterday and which ones uh, that you kind of expected? Yeah, so it looked like to me Alabama's the real deal again, right? And Matt Jones, deservingly so, uh, needs to be the starting quarterback, at least for now. Just the way they played with him at quarterback, he was demanding of the offense. He, that team might be, for sure, at least a top three team. It's going to be Ohio State, it's going to be Clemson, it's going to be Alabama. Those are the bona fide uh, top dogs in this year's college football uh, landscape. Outside of that, everybody else was pretty sloppy yesterday. I mean, from Oklahoma looked bad, from LSU looked bad, from Texas A&M to Texas. All these other teams looked bad that we thought were, you know, playoff contenders. They didn't look like that yesterday. So my overall reaction is the fact that outside the top three, it's a crapshoot for that fourth spot in the uh, – for the college football playoffs. Other one, obviously I'm going to give Virginia Tech a shout-out. They were missing 23 players, the defensive coordinator, their linebackers coach, and their starting quarterback, and they took it to NC State. Great sign for Virginia Tech. Goes to show with that quarterback depth that they have with Burmeister uh, back there, kind of taking them around and really being just as good as Hendon Hooker, in my opinion. But Yeah, initial, my initial reactions from yesterday was the top ten had a really, really rough day. I mean, you had number six – LSU go down. You had number three, Oklahoma go down. Number five, Florida won big, but they do not have a championship-level defense. Or, or that was they need to they have some serious issues they need to fix there. Um, you know, Texas was taken down to the wire and probably should have lost that game. Very lucky to, to pull out a win. And Georgia struggled mightily for three quarters against a lowly Arkansas program. And then Texas A&M beat Vanderbilt by five. Like, like it was just not a great day for the top 10. So, you know, maybe that's a lot of, you know, a lot of those teams were SEC teams. So um, maybe it was just week one kind of jitters and and trying to pull, you know, pull out all the stops. And so we'll see. Maybe we'll give them another week and and maybe some of that will correct itself. But not looking good for the the top 10 this week uh, for those programs. But honestly, the, the game I watched the most and I had the most fun watching was Mississippi State LSU. Guys, I love Mike Leach. The pirate out in Starkville just running rough shot all over the SEC, throwing the football all over the place, taking down the defending champs. Like, I love it. I can't be I'm – I'm so excited Mike Leach is in the SEC and gets to play with SEC talent. Yeah, it was – that was a lot of fun to watch yesterday. And just to see that passing game completely tear apart an LSU – you know, an LSU defense and really the secondary – uh, it, it was hard to watch if you're an LSU fan. I mean, coming off the season that they had, um, you know, obviously replacing most, if not starters, you're without Derek Stingley as well. Um, really hurt yesterday. Uh, I can't, I think your observation is right. I think the teams that we thought would dominate yesterday and come into the season, it just shows you what this kind of COVID atmosphere has done to these programs. 
the inability to probably really practice on a regular basis or really be ready to go with the season. Um, and, and you could just see that yesterday. I mean, they just – they really struggled all over the place, uh, a lot of those top ten teams. So The wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, let's go over our uh, BetOnline results, guys. Uh, we gave some some picks last week. Kenny, let's uh, not be, go over uh, Yeah, you, you kind of had a rough day yesterday. Uh, Kenny went one and four, five and nine overall. I went one and two, four and five. Pastel, great day yesterday, three, one and one, brings his season total to seven, four and one. Guys, I want to talk about mine a little bit. Um, I, I was salty yesterday. I was salty. And you know what? I, I'm going to give this shout out to, if there's any Kentucky Wildcat fans out there, you guys stink, and I hope you don't win a game this year. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. I, I was so disappointed. So one of my picks, and the reason that I'm one and two, is, you know, I had the – I locked in at 48 points. I, I took the over in the Auburn-Kentucky game at 48. They were at 42 with 10 minutes left to play. Okay. And that's not even mentioning at the end of the first half that selfish, that selfish Auburn player who ended up – targeting somebody behind the play. The guy was the guy was going to score anyways. And touchdown gets taken off the board, or I would have already covered. And then the Kentucky receiver goes for a touchdown. Well, he, his knee was down. Okay, so I get that. Number 89 should have a scholarship revoked. Get him out of here. Get his key card and get him out of here. Because blocking the back in the red zone, and then the guy fumbles the next play because they had to change the play that they were going to call. I was so mad at that yesterday. I had to walk out of my apartment. I had to go for a walk. Anyways, so I didn't cover the over because Kentucky sucks on offense. That's what we learned. Um, and then Army, I there were some sites had them at plus 14. Bet Online had them at plus 13. So I took them at plus 13. They definitely lost by 14. So, no, I could have pushed it. Didn't push I, it yesterday. I had a ton of one point or less. Oh. Yesterday, like I had seven, I had seven games where they were decided by one point or less oh, in, in my spread, including who, including the TCU game. Gary Patterson's dead to me. Three, they're they're two and a half points, and I uh, I take TCU. And what happens? TCU loses by three, but what they don't tell you is they scored a touchdown with zero time left on the clock, had the option to kick the extra point, and just decided not to, so I didn't cover. Gary Patterson, you're dead to me. You didn't think about your betters in that situation. I hope TCU doesn't win a game. I'm so well, it, frustrated. And it makes no sense to me why they didn't kick the extra point. Like, if you're worried about, like, the player health, why would you even throw the Hail Mary to begin with? So, like, why did you not kick the extra point? Like, it exactly. makes zero sense to me. Yeah. 
I don't know. Pat, though, do you have any tough ones yesterday? Or do you have the heat clear? He cleaned up. No, nah, it's pretty good, man. Yeah, G two G three one and one. What, what was your one? The Cincinnati Army. Did you bet that one? So, too? so I, I I took them when they were plus fourteen. So it was a push for me. That's oh, uh, so you did get the second fourteen. One. The one. When did you lock that in on Bet Online? Uh, so that 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 changed to thirteen, which really changed to twelve point five. By the way, right prior, so it went to thirteen and twelve point five on Saturday. Everything prior to that was fourteen. Okay, I was about to say I locked it in yesterday morning, so I was kind of, yeah, I was a little bit upset on that one. That that one was a tough one. And then uh, I I did win UVA Duke. I I had a feeling UVA uh, would come in and clean up the four and a half. I, I actually put the most money on that one yesterday. Yeah, um, so my, that, my so I actually ended up washing total from a money total. So the one Just I lost was the biggest loss all day was OU versus Kansas State. <laughs> I had o, uh, OU plus one or minus twenty eight. All right, well, that's actually a great segment into our st- our top storyline. Guys, the Big 12 stinks, Coach. They it is, Yesterday was embarrassing. Uh, let's list through some of this. Uh, you know, First, obviously, Kansas State going into Norman and beating Oklahoma 38-35. to Surprising about that game is OU ha- was in the driver's seat probably midway through the third quarter and then just completely lost control. Uh, another one that stood out yesterday was Texas. Texas looked terrible, giving up 56 points. And to be honest with you, really got lucky. They recovered an onside kick. Um, a couple plays went their way with like a minute left in the game. I mean, it was just Texas looked ugly. Um, that is certainly not a national championship contender. And, it, you know, it just goes back to what I said, guys, in kind of our preview shows. Like, Texas is not going to be good because they're not good on defense. And yesterday just showed that. They were awful on defense yesterday. Again, Oklahoma, awful on defense yesterday. They gave up 38 points to a team that lost to Arkansas State, like, at home. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable for Oklahoma. They they keep funneling in defensive coordinators, and they can't seem to figure it out. I don't know what they can do, but they got to get it, they got to get defense figured out in the Big 12, guys. Yeah, and to be honest, Oklahoma State hasn't looked great. You know, they struggled against Tulsa. They didn't have a really great – they didn't. They should have probably beat West Virginia more than they did yesterday, and they didn't really look great there either. So I think the Big 12 as a whole is looking kind of uh, – you know, Iowa State you know, and TCU had a pretty good game, but neither of those teams look like they're legitimate contenders at all. So, I – yeah, I struggle to see the Big 12 making it to the playoffs this year. I think that grace that they seem to get every year where, like, Oklahoma makes it at 10-1 and one every year or 11-1, and one, I don't see that being the case this year. I think they're just going to cannibalize each other. I think they're all kind of blah for the most part. I'm sure Oklahoma will probably end up beating Texas. Texas will drop a game that they shouldn't lose to as well. Oklahoma will probably end up dropping another game. I don't know. I just, I just don't see a team in there that's playoff worthy to me. Yeah, I mean, but we see this every year with Oklahoma, so I'll, I'll say that in the sense that they do always drop a game early in the year, and they end up winning out, and they you know Oklahoma's 9-1 and one with a, a Big 12 championship. What we're talking about early is there's so much chaos right now in the top 10. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I'm not counting them out right now. There's just, there's just no way with the unpredictable play of all of these teams outside the top three we said, like Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. That fourth spot is going to be up for grabs, and I'm not going to say Oklahoma can't do it because I will say this about Rattler. That dude looks like Patrick Mahomes still in the football. Like, his arm talent is for real. You just got to obviously limit the turnovers a little bit, and that defense has to step up a, a tad for them to be still a contender in the, the playoff yeah. contention. 
Yeah, I mean, I think their defense has to improve significantly um, or they're going to get blown out in the playoff just like they do every year because their defense just isn't good. Um, I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't understand why they can't be good on defense with all the four or five-star defensive players that they get. But they just seem to just give up tons of points. And, you know, when they play in the playoff the last three years, they've just get gotten boat raced by good offenses. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think uh, – I don't even know if a – a one-loss Big 12 team would get in over a one-loss ACC or a Big 10 or an SEC team this year. Like, I, don't, is, I, yeah. I think they, you, you, they'd, they'd have to have – everybody has to lose two games, I think, at this point for a Big 12 team to jump them. Yeah. yeah my, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, my, my first reaction to that ACC-wise is, let's, let's be honest, it's Notre Dame and Clemson. They're going to play each other probably twice. Going. So if Notre Dame hypothetically lost to Clemson twice, do I'd you still take? Put, two- I'd, I'd still take Notre Dame over. Them. Okay, and, and that's the question. I think it depends on how you lose those games. But if you lose, obviously the number one team in the nation, Clemson twice, that's going to be the debate: is a two-loss Notre Dame that loses to Clemson twice, are they still going to get in over a one-loss Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's exactly where I was going. I think it opens the door for a second team out of the ACC or guys. Not not saying it's out of the realm of possibility or a second team from the Big Ten. To, to end up coming in, right? Like if, you know, let's say Wisconsin in the other other division, you know, runs the table and loses loses close to an you know an Ohio State or a Penn State in the championship. So I think with the Big Twelve, I think it just opens up for a second team to come out of a different uh, different division. I don't know if that's happening out of the SEC from what we saw yesterday, um, but I guess time will tell. Um, you know, we'll have each of these shows to to speculate that. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. So listen closely, Brandon Pastel. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Speaking of watching, I am super excited to see Cam Newton continue just to tear up the league in that New England Patriots offense. I have a question for the rest of the NFL, especially for about 10 teams who really, really could use a quarterback to take them to the next level. What were you thinking? Cam Newton is unbelievable, and I'm excited to see him win Coach Bill Belichick his seventh championship ring and win his first championship ring for himself. I'm, I'm super excited. Pepsi, it's the refreshment you need through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, guys, let's get into some prospects. Um, week four, prospect stock market pastel. Who did you see rise this week and, and really stood out to NFL evaluators? So there were some people saying Jabril Cox, the linebacker from North Dakota State University, wasn't ready for SEC football. Like That was a thing on social media over this past week. Well, Jabril Cox, welcome to the SEC. Welcome to your first SEC touchdown by picking off K.J. Costello and returning it for a pick six. He had a good game. Uh, he had, I think, seven total tackles in this game. If anything, he just proved that he can play with the big boys, which solidifies him still being, you know, a day two. We, we, we kind of had him hovering around second, third round pick. I think he kind of – is still there for now. Kyle Pitts, holy crap, he looked like the best football uh, tight end in college oh, God, football. He looked fantastic yesterday. He was blowing oh. past people and then breaking oh. tackles, hurdling people. He had eight catches, 170 yards, and four TDs. 
Like, that offense goes with him. It's not through Kyle Trask anymore. Like, it's through Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Unbelievable. But speaking of Kyle Trask, you still got to give up big ups to him. He threw six TDs, 416 yards. Hopefully Florida's defense can do something because that offense could be special this year. Seth Williams, he looked like Randy Moss out there, the wide receiver for Auburn yesterday. I mean, this guy can catch everything in his radius. Like, I mean, it is unbelievable. His catch radius is absurd. He kind of reminded me of DeAndre Hopkins out there yesterday. Not saying he is DeAndre Hopkins, but his ability to catch the ball wherever it was around him was unbelievable. Last player I'm going to shout out is Justice Reed, uh, the defensive end for Virginia Tech. He's a once a Youngstown State and NC State player. It's like his sixth year in college football, by the way. Uh, he's six foot three, 270 pounds, plays defensive end. He had two sacks yesterday, was getting double-teamed constantly. When he probably wasn't even on people's draft boards, I think he, he is now. Now, what question with him is, is he going to stay at defensive end or would be like a three-technique defensive tackle at the next level? I see him more as a defensive tackle, but he is now up there on people's boards. Yeah, Presto, those are those are some definitely great players. I, I like a lot of the guys you put up there. Let me give you a couple of mine here. One guy I really liked was KJ Costello. You know, coming Ooh. off of a coming off of a, a season where there's no off season to learn the the Mike Leach air raid, all he did was go out and break the SEC passing record yesterday with 623 yards, five touchdowns, just slinging the ball upside the number six LSU program, looking like he's been in that air raid for a long, long time. I think. It's very important because I thought the first start he would struggle. And for to see him go out and do what he did yesterday, I think is very, very impressive. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I have to agree with you, Pastel. He was a, a man amongst boys yesterday. Like you said, 170 yards, four touchdowns. He is my P5 elite prospect of the weekend. Uh, and then another guy who really got me excited was Dietrich Harrington, the running back from App State. 32 carries. 211 yards rushing, four touchdowns. I mean, absolutely just was amazing yesterday. He's my my G5 elite prospect of the weekend. Then two guys that really stood out to me on defense. Oh, Waquan Bailey from uh, T. Uh, sorry, TCU for Iowa State. They played TCU yesterday. He missed his. He got a he got a, a medical red shirt because last year he got hurt his senior year. But if you look at the years before, he had eight sacks, 14 and a half tackles for losses, really disruptive force. He goes out yesterday, gets three and a half sacks, uh, four tackles for losses, just was in TCU's backfield all game long, looked like, a, uh, looked like a stud out there. And then another guy on defense who really stood out to me was Noah Taylor. Noah Taylor makes up one of the best uh, linebacking combos in the ACC with, with Charles Snowden. He had a really good sophomore season last year and then picked up right where he left off, a sack and a half, two tackles for loss, seven total tackles, was all over the field making plays, was in Duke's backfield, was covering the back out of the backfield, like just looked tremendous. So I really want to give a shout-out to Noah Taylor. I thought he looked great, and, and it looked like he belonged out there. Yeah, certainly a great uh, – that's a great linebacking core at UVA, and they certainly helped me cover yesterday, so I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looked like him and Noah Taylor. I think uh, total they had 13, 13 tackles together. Uh, you know, three solo c- combined and, you know, really kind of make up that solid linebacking core at UVA. Um, you know, as we have risers, who really fell yesterday in your eyes, guys? Pastel, let's start with you. Yeah, so two guys, in my opinion. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for the University of Cincinnati. It's not like he was really an NFL prospect yet anyways. But, oh, my God, Cincinnati is a playoff caliber team. 
but they don't have the quarterback to get them there, right? Like yesterday, he was missing open receiver after open receiver, and I'm talking about plays that would have gone 50, 60, 70 yards per touchdown. They should have beat Army by 30 points. So it's just it's it sucks to see because that team is legit, and that defense is one of the best defenses in the country, and that secondary might be the best secondary in the country. They don't have a quarterback to get them into the playoffs. The next guy is Chuba Hubbard, and I know he had 101 yards rushing the ball and about 4.2 on average. But listen, we're talking about Chuba Hubbard being the best back in college football. Him between, between him and Travis Etienne, the best back in college football. They've played Tulsa and, oh, man, who did they play last year yesterday? West Virginia. And you're telling me he's over two games got about 200 yards total, total, like total rushing yards. Like, come on. If you're supposed to be the best back in college football, you've got to do better than that. He's not a first-round talent in my opinion right now. Yeah, yeah, he did not look good. You know, uh, that's definitely not top ten talent worthy. Some guys I had fallen on my list. Uh, one guy was Kellen Mond, and you're gonna look at the stat book and you're gonna say, well, he didn't play bad. He had 175 yards of touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over, but they played Vanderbilt, and I don't care if his top two receivers have opted out for the season. You played Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's terrible, and to win 17 to 12, to look like you haven't been, to not look like a senior quarterback, to not look like you haven't been in that offense for four years now, I mean, just looked absolutely awful. I, I, I was very disappointed in the way Kellen Mond played yesterday, and they play Bama next week, which might be Ooh, a boat race. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, that's not going to be good. And then my other guy, I agree with you, Brandon. I thought Desmond Ritter was by far the most disappointing player yesterday, not because he played necessarily extremely bad, but because of what he didn't do and what he means to that Cincinnati team. If he, I mean, I had him as my, I had him as a riser last week because he did well against a a lower ranked team. I was like, Hey, this is the kind of performances he needs to put on to take Cincinnati to the next level. And then he comes out against army and he lays an egg. He misses wide open receiver after wide open receiver and he's on a team that legitimately has a shot in a chaotic 2020 COVID-type season to potentially be a playoff team, at at minimum a New Year's Six team. And he's going to end up dropping games either against Memphis, against SMU, or against UCF because he's not consistent enough to carry that offense. And it's a shame because Cincinnati might be the best G5 team in the country. Yeah, he certainly stunk up yesterday. I, I agree with you on the Kellen, the Kellen Mond thing. You should be able to go out against Vanderbilt. And what really, really good teams and what really great elite prospects do is when they play bad teams, they make them look bad. And Kellen Mond did not do that yesterday. I was very disappointed what I saw from him. Just disappointed what I saw from uh, from Texas a and I mean, you got to go out there and just be able to dominate a team that's just less than you, right? I mean, you just yep. – yeah, very disappointing what we saw from them yesterday. All right, uh, for my He Stinks coach segment, i got three of them. Uh, I've actually picked on these guys before, uh, so I do feel a little bit uh, – <laughs> do feel a little bit – well, actually, I don't feel bad because they stunk up yesterday. Uh, Florida State on offense, just atrocious. Uh, uh, Blackman is not the answer there. Um, their offensive line might be the worst offensive line in Power 5, uh, maybe the worst offensive line that I've seen – at a Power 5 school in maybe a decade. Uh, they gave up six sacks yesterday, uh, couldn't do anything in the pass game, couldn't do anything in the, in the run game, and because they were so anemic on offense, this game was over early. Um, really wish I would have taken Miami in the minus 11 there. Uh, I, I got Florida State may not win a game all year. Um, the, the Norvell, this job is so much worse than I think he thought it was. Um, the talent simply just is not there. 
for Florida State, and they stink. I mean, they just stink on offense. They stink on defense. Um, I don't think they're going to win a game. Uh, also, a total of 113 penalty yards. At least if you stink on offense, you can at least just not get penalties, and they couldn't even do that yesterday. Um, my prediction, Florida State, they'll win one game. That'll be Jackson State next week. They'll, they'll, they'll run the table and lose in the ACC. Um, LSU secondary, they stunk yesterday. Gave up 623 yards of, of uh, total offense to a Mississippi State squad that, uh, you know, first game under Mike Leach and K.J. Costello. Now, I'll give Costello his due. Um, he tore it up yesterday, really was throwing the ball on a dime, and that air raid offense is really going to give defenses fits in the SEC. But, look, you're the defending national champions, and I get it. You don't have Derek Stingley, and, you know, a lot of your secondary guys have left. But they gave up 623 yards of passing yesterday to Mississippi State. LSU secondary, you stink, coach. I mean, that was bad yesterday. And then I'm going to put Oklahoma's defense here just because I like to pick on them. Um, Gave up 400 total yards to an offense that really looked anemic to Arkansas State. Um, and we're talking about the Kansas State offense, only got one sack yesterday. That is not elite to me. That is not playoff worthy to me. And to be honest with you, that just shows you how far behind that Oklahoma is on defense to really being competitive for a national champion. Um, the Oklahoma defense, you stink, coach. That, that, was ba- that was embarrassing yesterday, what you did in the fourth quarter and let a very pedestrian Kansas State offense really get on overdrive and really dominate you. So those are my three he stinks, Coach. A lot of stinking up the joint for all three of those schools, um, and they got to get it together, no doubt. I love how I you're. I love how your your three he stinks coaches are. None of them are players. They're all like entire units, like the offense, the defense, the secondary. Yeah, I, it, because you know it, it, they were so bad. It was hard for me to like offensive line. Like I can't pick out one of those guys. They're all bad. You know, like the LSU secondary. They were all bad yesterday. <laughs> um, Oklahoma's defense as a unit. That was terrible. Yeah, you, well, blow, uh, you blow a twenty-eight-seven lead. With two minutes left in the third quarter, you're to Kansas State. Are you kidding me? That's embarrassing. In the wise words of Will Healy, Oklahoma's defense was practicing social distancing yesterday. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's funny. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Now, ordering is easy. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Now, you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Also, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the promo code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's get some uh, rapid fire here. I uh, want to ask you three questions about yesterday and just kind of where we sit in the college football landscape. landscape. Uh, 
First, who gets your Heisman vote as of today? Sam Ellinger. Yeah, if we're talking first two weeks, I go with Sam Ellinger as well. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, Cameron Harris. Uh, Cameron Harris out of Miami. I love what he's doing down there. I think he could be con- he could be considered the best running back in college football right now. Uh, honorable mention. I'd also put KJ Costello for what he did yesterday. Um, who's worse, the Big Twelve or the AAC? I th- I think the Big Twelve is. Yeah, it's hard not to say that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Big Twelve as well. Man, that's a clean sweep. I'm going the Big Twelve. I've been that's very so pathetic. Look, when you go when you it's go so one bad. and three against the Sun Belt Conference, you're bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, is Georgia in trouble on offense? Yes, I think so. Only from the standpoint they play Georgia, or so they they play Auburn and then they play Alabama. If they didn't have those two teams back to back, I think they would figure it out. Um, I'm going yes on offense. They they looked very pedestrian yesterday. They're down to the third quarterback at this point. Um, I think that they're 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 in a lot of trouble. Um, is Florida for real? Offensively, yes. Defensively, no. Um, but it, it's 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 hard to it's hard to not put them in Georgia's category right now with Georgia playing as bad as they did on offense. Yeah, if we're talking about like a top sixteen. Yes, I think they're top 16, which means I think they're for real. They obviously have things they need to clean up for sure, though. Gotcha. And one more rapid-fire question here. Team that is not being regularly talked about as a playoff team that will be in the discussion by the end of the year based on what we've seen so far? Notre Dame. Mm, Does that count? I mean, I I don't hear a lot of people talking about them. Yeah. I would say. All right, I'll, I'll take Notre Dame. I would say. I wish they. Gosh, I wish they played a harder schedule. But BYU, they're for real, guys. BYU's for real. Yeah, I'll throw this one more outlier out there, and I don't think they're going to win. But if they do beat Clemson in two weeks, Miami's going to be on everybody's. That charts. was going. That was going to be mine. I was going to say possibly Miami with the, with their start, and but we'll see what happens against Clemson. But they have a bye week, so they have two weeks of preparation for Clemson right now. So if there was ever a time to do it, and then after that, their toughest game, I think, is UNC. Like, they absolutely have a chance to win a lot of games this year if they can get past Clemson. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah, I was going to say Miami. I think I think if they get past Clemson, or even if Pato, even if they lose a really tight one against Clemson, like, let's call it like a touchdown or less, and then – you know, let's say Notre Dame slips up a couple times and maybe they find themselves in the a- the uh, ACC championship game again. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll think, see. You know who? You know who? You know who? A program I would say I think Wisconsin. That's my. That's my. Could be a surprise playoff team. Could be. A surprise I think they can compete. Team. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Well, as always, uh, you can follow and interact with the show on social media. That's at Prospects One Hundred One Pod. That's on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, please make sure that you subscribe uh, to Prospects 101 on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, anywhere where you find podcasts, we are there. Make sure you subscribe there so you can stay up to date with all of our episodes and content. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we are now doing two shows a week. We'll do this instant reaction show, what we saw the previous day in college football from a prospect perspective. Uh, every Sunday, and then we'll also be releasing our 
um, <clears throat> our preview show every Thursday as well. Uh, for that upcoming Saturday, it'll have our betting lines, which prospects that we want to see, uh, that we're excited to see, um, as well as just kind of some game previews. So for Gless, for Kenny, and for Pastel, we will be back to preview week five.